0: Well, it's a real privilege today, uh, on this special day, Father's Day, to be sitting with, uh, two gentlemen, uh, in the top corner, Ken Guy and underneath me, Phil Cutler. Two men have had a profound influence in my life and today having a faith conversation about life, love and legacy. Welcome to both of you. Good Thanks, to be here. Good on you. Now I'm, uh, talking with two men that we could probably hold up as elder statesmen in the life of our church, uh, both of you. Well, Kenny, how long have you been a part of Bendigo Baptist?
1: Uh, it's, uh, 21 years now. Yep. Yeah.
0: Phil, yourself? 20 something. 20 something. Mate, you came to this church just before I did. Uh, your, your hair was a different color back then. There was more of it.
1: <laughs> I had hair.
0: And Kenny had hair. Well, let's not, man, there's no correlation between our friendship and you guys either losing hair or going gray. Okay. Let me just say
2: that from the very beginning. You're still looking good.
0: Wow, thank you, mate. You can keep hanging out with me. Now, maybe a good question to ask. Can you marry to Robin, and Phil, you're married to Ali or Eleanor. Ken, how many years have you been married for?
1: Uh, I've been married 53 years.
0: Okay, wow, all right. Can you beat that, Phil? Yep, 56 this year. Love the way you said that with confidence, mate. Uh, you didn't have to ask that, did you? Yes, I did.
1: You notice how competitive he is, don't you?
0: That's right. Any chance for me? That's right. Hey, uh, I'm really keen at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, Tell me a little bit about uh, how long you've been following Jesus for. When did you come to faith in Christ? Ken.
1: Uh, Look, I was uh, nine years of age when I made a profession of my faith at a (laughs) a strange name, Snodgrass and Pollock Mission um, in Worths Olympia. Um, That's uh, only 69 years ago. Uh, that's that's the the time that I feel as though I commenced my journey as a Christian.
2: Yeah, Phil. For over seventy years, which time's gone quickly. Got to make the best best of what remains.
0: Yeah, that's good.
2: Hey, obviously um,
0: there have been some people that probably played a role that were quite formative uh, in your faith and your journey as a follower of Jesus. Who would they have
1: been in your life, Ken? Oh, look, I, I immediately think of my father. Uh, my father had um, a very credible faith uh, in his business dealings, uh, the way he acted as uh, a father. Um, what he said, he applied to his everyday life. Uh, so it was a very credible Christian faith. Uh, that that's, uh, means a lot to a young guy who says... Um, I've heard people talk about their faith, but are they acting in such a way as that I can believe they really are a Christian? Uh, and there's one other guy too. My brother-in-law, um, he is a, a very fine guy. Uh, at a tough time in my life, um, I remember him saying to me, um, "Ken, look. Often in prospect, it's very difficult to work out what this is all about, but in retrospect." you may well see the hand of God in this. And in that particular instance, uh, that proved to be exactly true. Uh, So I have a great deal of admiration, and he's still a very good friend.
2: Good, mate. Yeah. What about you, Phil? I had to cut down a long list, and I ended up with four. My father was a good man and a godly man, and um, unfortunately he died when I was 16 in an accident. But I had enough years to benefit from his wisdom, and um, then I've had a best mate for over fifty years,
1: mm-hmm.
2: called Jeff Pope, and um, it's been a blessing to have a mate who shares your values, Christian values, and ministry, and and life over so many years. Been blessed. And, of course, my wife Ellie is a fount of wisdom, keeps me on the straight and narrow. I'm not sure where I would have been without her. And I'll throw in Bill Brown, Reverend Mm -hmm. Bill Brown, who was our pastor at Sindel when our girls were in their teenage years and his wisdom was excellent.
0: That's really good. Uh, hey, last weekend, uh, Donna was reminding us about the importance of other significant people in our lives. And, and both of you have, uh, have certainly named that God's used some uh, some people to uh, play their part in helping shape you towards spiritual maturity in Christ. For sure. Yeah. Hey, as we, let's just shift gears a little bit here. Um, as we think about maybe some of the, the challenges that you've faced in life, or maybe the lessons, Phil, what's... What's been one of the greatest lessons that God's taught you in the course of your life? I'll start with you.
2: Well, over 30 years ago, I learned a lesson in discerning God's will. Ellie was offered neurosurgery and we were facing the dilemma of do we accept or do we not? And um, we sought intercessory prayer from more than one source and friends who engaged in prayer. And so we had a strong prayer support as to what to do here. And then we got practical information from the medical side of things. And having done all that, we sat down and said, well, what's the pluses and minuses about this? And felt that God was guiding us to a positive outlook for it and so we went ahead confident that it was god's will because we had put in place positive steps to determine what that was and happily everything turned out good and at least still with us mm, good stuff uh, that, that's
0: good mate uh was there a specific lesson that maybe in that journey that god taught you
2: it was just when you want to know his will, don't just expect a miracle answer. Work on it. Open, get people involved in prayer and intercession and really get close to God through it. That's good,
0: mate. Hey, thank you for that. Kenny, what about you, mate? Um, across the course of your life, what's one of the greatest lessons that God's
1: taught you? Oh, the greatest lesson that God has taught me is that the important things in life are not gaining possessions. Um, I, I believe that the intangible gifts that God provides uh, are what counts. So there's the feeling that we have to acquire and acquire and somehow that's going to make us happy. Not true. Not true. Uh, God's intangible gifts are what counts.
0: Yeah, that's good, mate. And uh, it's only living a life that kind of teaches you some of that al- along the way. Yeah, May I know because I've known you and Robin for a number of years that you've had to persevere through some different challenges in life that have kind of come your way. Um, I'm conscious at this point in history that we've got a number of people that are facing all kinds of challenges. And persevering is rather difficult. and Maybe some people are thinking, you know, I'm not even sure God's there or he's not listening or he's not helping me in my situation. But as you think about what you've kind of come up against, uh, how have you persevered? Maybe share what have you had to persevere through and, and how have you done that?
1: Uh, well, we all have faced difficulties at times and This time of COVID is particularly testing for so many people, including us. Uh, There's a sense of isolation and all of that sort of thing. But I reflect on the fact that my grandmother in 1918-19 Spanish flu epidemic died as a 47-year-old. And we probably don't even, most of us don't even realise that a third of the world's population contracted that virus. And over 50 million people died. Uh, so that was an incredibly difficult time uh, in that part of history. So despite COVID and the sinfulness of the world we live in, uh, Jesus told this, and I'll read it, I have told you all this so that you will have peace of heart and mind. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But cheer up, for I have overcome the world. Amen. <laughs> So uh, back in 1990, uh, the treasurer, uh, you probably remember Paul Keating, he said, this is the recession that Australia has to have. Well, if you lived in that period, you will well and truly remember that. Um, uh, The world share market dropped by 40%. And I was in the car business at the time, and all of the stock that I owned was only worth a fraction of what I'd paid for it. Uh, there were heaps of people who just went broke. Uh, people like Dustin Burwood, who'd been around for many, many years, just couldn't cope with the enormous downturn in the economy. But at the same time, I snapped my Achilles tendon. <laughs> and uh, that was bad enough, but then I'd converted a bus to a motorhome at fairly high expense, and I lent it to a, um, a Christian campsite. And while it was there, an arsonist got to it and burned it out. Um, I thought it was insured, but it ended up it wasn't. So I lost that. Then Robin and I, on short term, decided that we would put some money in Pyramid Building Society. And most of us know the story there. We lost lots of money as well. But uh, the good thing was we owned our own home. Uh, We lived in Wonga Park, a nice place out the eastern suburbs. So we decided to sell the property uh, because I felt as though most of the things that occurred were beyond my control. Uh, So Robin and I took our eldest daughter, who was 18 at the time, out to the gazebo just to break the news to her and we weren't too sure how she would cope with this. But it's interesting. She said this well, Dad, all the things that are important are still intact, aren't they? Uh, How profound was that for an 18-year-old? Our marriage was strong. Our children loved us. Our health was good. Our friends hadn't deserted us. And most significantly, our faith in God had not been diminished. So we entered the mortgage race again, and lack of money has never affected our love of life. So that greatest lesson that I talked about before is that although possessions are significant they are not the key to happiness.
0: That's good mate. Thank you for capturing that snapshot of obviously a very significant time in your life. Where, where do you fit, what was the key for you in finding the strength for both you and Robin to kind of keep going on through these tough times? I mean what was what was the glue what was the what was the thing?
1: Well, I, I think that that passage that I mentioned earlier on uh, is very significant, that um, we didn't feel as though God had deserted us um, and all of those things were still important. Uh, and I suppose I did take refuge in the fact that I don't think I'd made terrible mistakes in the uh, the outcome of, of all of the recession. Um, I did work on an overdraft that was very sensible when I took it out, but, uh, it reached 23% at the height of the recession. And that was enough to send anyone to the wall. Um, but God is good. And, um, I, I, the evidence of that is that our life after that enormous setback, in a sense, uh, has really made very difference, uh, very little difference, uh, to the way we live and the way we enjoy life.
0: No, that's good, mate. Hey, thank you for just sharing so openly about that. Phil, you mentioned a, a moment ago that you lost your dad at the age of 16. So you were just a young teenager. Now, uh, I've got a question for you. Uh, you're, you're a great... Uh, I've watched you be a parent to your two daughters and a grandparent to your grandkids as well too. How did you learn to be such a, a, a loving... Godly, uh, grandparent and father to, to
2: those that are around you? Well, I didn't have a clue really. I had to rely on God to guide me through. Um, my daughters might have a different perspective on it than me. I probably have a more rose coloured glasses view. Um, but the truth is that Ellie and I got involved. And um, in Sunday School and Girls Brigade and the things that our daughters grew up into, and they could see that I was invested in those things. And so that helped us to guide them and have... um, a presence in what we did in the home that rang true. One of the things that um, Jackie comments on occasionally was that we used to do the dishes together. After dinner, nobody went about their own business until we washed and dried and put away the dishes. But the point was that it was a time that they got to talk together as a family and share things and so on but it wasn't all plain sailing they went along well for a while and then in their teenage years drifted off in different ways and I began to wonder whether I was a failure Uh, but God is good and when the foundations are laid soundly God will bring it all together and Jackie was ultimately baptised at the age of about 50 It took a few years. Lisa was baptised at 16 and then lost her way a bit and um, so did Jackie. But the foundational things that we did as a family were what was important and learnt some of those things from my father and mother and the family that I was brought up in. And um, I'm happy to say that the girls are going on trusting in God trusting in the Lord now and bringing and leading their own lives. Jackie doesn't have any children, but she takes an active interest in others. Mm-hmm. And Lisa's got the three children, and they're a delight.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, mate, there is no
0: doubt that uh, you and Ali have left a great legacy there, uh, and you've invested well. You've laid a great foundation because... You've got uh, children and grandchildren that are walking with the Lord. So there's much to, uh, in the space of not always being easy times, but uh, you're seeing the fruit uh, of those, uh, those years that you've poured into their lives.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, maybe that's a good question to bounce back at Kenny. Kenny, what do you say to dads that feel like uh, maybe they've blown it or they've failed as a parent and think it's all just done and dusted? Any thoughts?
1: It's a toughie, Dave. Um, We're all fallible human beings and uh, I can't claim to be a perfect father. Uh, Most of us feel as though we could have done something a lot better. As Phil said, you go into fatherhood as uh, a young person with uh, no uh, manual to follow, Uh, so you go by the seat of your pants a bit. Um, I ask myself, have I passed my faith on adequately to my children? Uh, I had the privilege of observing my father and how he uh, raised his children and that was a very significant foundation for the way that I worked. Um, But we don't all have an example like that to follow, Uh, some of us have very poor examples and that's tough, that's tough. Um, I, I would suggest to those who really struggle with fatherhood there are people who can help and and you should seek that help. Um, I suppose if I was to give any advice, and I don't know whether that's what you want, but there's a few simple but hard things, and Phil's mentioned some of them. Um, you need to show love to your children. Uh, you need to spend time with your children. You need to guide your children, and you need to constantly live and share your faith. And I think a very important thing is that you should show that you love your spouse in front of your children, defend her. Um, I I always get very disappointed when um, fathers speak disparagingly of their wives. Uh, children note that sort of thing, so I, I I emphasize that it's very important to show your children that you love your wife, the one that you've chosen i i don't think we should beat ourselves up too much um we just need to hang in uh it's it's uh, such an important role that we all have to play
0: mm, that's good advice kenny appreciate that mate uh, speaking honestly from your heart there it's good hey phil maybe back to you mates uh i could ask you that question if you've got anything else to add but i'm going to push it in a different direction Hey, what's one of the biggest challenges that you've had to face in your life as a follower of Jesus?
2: I have to break that into two. Firstly, living a life working as a Christian in a secular in the secular world. Um, I was always in manufacturing most of my life, and sometimes it was pretty rugged set up. There was the sophisticated side of things and then there was the rougher side of things. And um, the challenge was to, I'm trying to think of the word, build a good reputation as a platform to witness on. That's what I was trying to think of. So that when the opportunity to witness to your Christian faith was there, you had a credible witness. Mm -hmm. And um, it was an interesting journey. And I can recall more than one instance where the opportunities came, but it was only because you had some credibility that you can make the point that would stick. And um, one of my senior colleagues one time said, what are you doing for Christmas Day? And I said, we're going to Christmas Day service at church. And he said, I thought we might like to come too. Wow. And they, after the service, Bill Brown, who was the speaker at the time, said, your friends said the prayer that I offered at the end and told me, And they subsequently became active members of the church. And when the gentleman passed away a while back, um, the theme for his funeral was My Forever Friend, which is a popular song. And um, so I was, grateful that God had allowed me to be the sort of person that could be a conduit to them becoming members of God's family and I could there's probably many others who I don't know what the sequel to was but it's all about giving our best shot as an employee, people to know that you're fair dinkum and that you don't compromise on your values,
0: good yep now you might, you said two things that's one is there another one?
2: there was more recently i I've, I've had a blessed life. God has blessed me with the ability to be helpful and be involved in so many things and um but a few years ago, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And initially this wasn't a great problem because I said, I'll deal with this, I'll just get on with life. But, of course, eventually it gets you. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had to deal with the challenge of instead of being the helper, being helped in many ways Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and um, saying, how can I be useful to you, Lord, now that I'm restricted. And he keeps finding ways to make it worthwhile to get up in the morning and contribute in some way.
0: Hey, uh, I want to just say uh, it's obvious even in that last story you were sharing that you haven't let your circumstances stop you from continuing to actively pursue Christ and for your life to, to, to make a difference in someone else's life. Hey, I'm going to shift this on from there just for a moment, because I appreciate that, Phil, in terms of what you've reflected there. Obviously, both of you, uh, the word of God's been significant in your life over the course of, you know, 50 plus years of following Jesus. Uh, is there a particular passage that, of scripture that has been really helpful to you, uh, either as a as a bloke or as a husband, father, grandfather, something you'd
1: share today? Kenny, what about you, mate? Oh, look, I've got a couple of passages of scripture, but um, if I'm asked what's my favourite passage, it's pretty hard because there's an awful lot of the Bible that I, I treat as very significant and very memorable. Uh, but the, in Joshua we said, have I not come, Jesus said, uh, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So that's a pretty important verse. And and there's one in in Ephesians, I love Ephesians, Um, Ephesians is giving us a fair bit of instruction as to how we should live as Christians and I like this uh, word in the beginning of chapter 5 where it says, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, be imitators.
0: Yeah, that's good, that's really good.
2: Phil, what about you, mate? I found, um, a practical one in Ephesians six and four that, um, taking the theme as fathers and it says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, God's word is very practical.
1: <laughs>
2: and, um, my children have said to me, on occasions, don't exasperate us.
1: <laughs>
2: and we I take it that that means not to provoke them unnecessarily or be over the top in how you try to deal with them, but to deal with them in love and the ways of the Lord. And um, if you do that, there's a strong chance that your efforts will be blessed.
0: Yeah, Yeah. No, absolutely. Hey, I really appreciate you guys uh, sharing some of these thoughts with us. Maybe just one last question to round us off, and then uh, I'm going to maybe ask you both to pray for dads and for our church, if that's okay. Uh, but, you know, at the end of your life, and uh, we're celebrating your life, how, how, would, how would you like people to remember you after you're gone? What kind of a legacy you know, would you like to be known for? Kenny, Phil would say you're the oldest uh, in this uh, conversation. So I'm not sure who goes
2: first here, Phil. Uh. I'll, bow, I'll bow to Kenny.
1: <laughs> Good on you, Phil. Uh, Well, I, I hope that I'll be remembered as honest and trustworthy, uh, that I made a difference for the better in a lot of people's lives. Uh, And I I want to be remembered as one who loved his wife, his children, and his grandchildren dearly.
0: Mm. Thanks, mate. I know you're going to have family listening to this, so that's very significant. Yep.
2: Phil? Yeah, I would like to be remembered as someone who was an encourager, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: who got alongside people, made time for them, gave them a listening ear and made a difference in their lives, and particularly by basing it all on trust in the Lord Jesus. And um, I usually come up with the words of an old hymn. I know I do this at home group, and um, I came up with one that goes, Weak is the effort of my heart, and cold my warmest thought. But when I see thee as thou art, I'll praise thee as I ought. And whatever I've achieved here is only because of the grace of God. And when my life finally ends, I'd like to be remembered as someone who encouraged people in the ways of the Lord Mm -hmm. and would be praising him as I... Would desire to do.
0: Amen. Well, can I just affirm and encourage both of you that you are leaving a great legacy, uh, not only for your family to follow, but for your friends to follow in this church as well too. And and over twenty plus years, both of you have been involved in leadership of some sort in the life of our church, and uh, you have left a great contribution and you're not done yet. So uh, thank you. Really appreciate you guys taking some time to to dive into this conversation. You've encouraged me, and I'm sure you'll encourage those that are, are watching and, and listening as well too.
2: And thank you, Dave, for your leadership too. We really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. Thanks, mate. Hey, I'm wondering uh, if you would pray for us, and we'll finish our conversation that way. And you go first, mate, and, and, <laughs> and, uh, and Phil put a book in there. I
1: love the thought of Phil uh, giving me deference it's uh it's really not the case if he's out in the bowling green or or at the table tennis table but uh, i'm glad to take it Uh, what a privilege to be able to pray Uh, our dear heavenly father uh, we come to you at this point of time uh, and remember that on father's day uh, we recall all that fathers should and could mean in the life of a family Uh, We recognise, dear Lord, that we are fallible human beings and we need your help and guidance as uh, we fulfil the role of fatherhood. Uh, We recognise that um, as uh, young married people, we have a a significant responsibility and we just pray for your guidance there. But we also know that when you get as old as Phil and me, uh, we still have a role to play, particularly with our grandchildren. Uh, And we just uh, thank you for your presence in our lives and uh, we pray your continued blessing on fathers today for Jesus' sake. Amen.
2: Gracious Father Lord, we thank you for being part of your family, sons and daughters of the living God. What a blessed privilege we have. And thank you for the way we can be fathers and parents here on earth teaching our children the truth of yourself and the way to follow you mm-hmm. we thank you for all that you've done in the past Lord and we trust you for all that's to come and we do this in the name of Jesus Amen, Amen. 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 Hey,
0: right, thanks, Ken. Thanks, Phil. Well,